Welcome to this episode of Living La Vida de Luxury, a podcast for my black and brown women who are looking for a community to elevate their lives and careers. We'll talk about first-gen experiences with money, careers, our backgrounds, life, and just some plain old girl talk. All right, girl, let's get to it. Today, we're thrilled to introduce you to my sponsor, Candice Lewis with Smith Solutions. Smith Solutions is your one-stop destination for all of your printing and promotional needs from employee onboarding kits, employee appreciation gifts, custom apparel, signs and banners, and even vehicle wrapping. Whether you're a business owner, HR director, marketing director, or just someone looking to make a statement, Smith Solutions has got you covered. Candace and her team are passionate about helping you make a lasting impression. To learn more about their services, visit their website at smithpromosolutions.com. You can also reach out to Candace directly at 703-201-2638. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me today on another conversation on my podcast. Thank you for all the new listeners. If you're new, welcome. If you are here every week, welcome again. Today, I'm so excited to have someone on the podcast who is super dope, super cool. She's like a big sister to me. And I think you all are going to love her. You're going to see why she's a big sis. And her name is Tony Harris. Tony with an I, not a Y, Harris. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Tony. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> so, Tony, uh, tell us a little bit about who is Tony. You could tell us even about like your personal background, if you'd like, and then also share, Uh just talk about your career path, right? So just tell us a little bit about who is Tony. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me, little sis. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely exciting and um, awesome to be here. I'm so proud of what you're doing uh, with your podcast. So a a little bit about me, not a whole lot about me personally that, or professionally, if you will, that you don't already know. But personally, a lot of people um, aren't familiar with my start in the military. I um, fell into this industry after an 11-year career in the military. It was very interesting. I went in the military just to spite my parents. I really didn't want to go to college. I had had enough of school. I was 17. I always excelled at school. And I was like, hey, I don't want to follow the rules. So I think I'll join the Army. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't make much sense, did it? But anyway, after um, an 11-year career in the military, um, I, you know, I, I actually developed a lot of my my characteristics and my leadership styles and all of those things. I do owe it to the military. Military is where I got my very first strike, as a matter of fact, and my very first taste of leadership. But um, after an 11-year career, that's when my journey began in property management. Well, thank you for your service. That's awesome. It was absolutely my honor. It was absolutely my honor. Yes. 
And so tell us about your uh-huh. career journey. Tell us yeah. about how you got started in property management. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know what, um, Nada, like all of my colleagues, I fell into this industry by chance and not choice, right? You know, someone said, hey, you know, you'd, you'd be pretty cool at leasing apartments. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Sounds like something fun to do. <laughs> but um, I am very, very grassroots. I've held positions from leasing specialist, assistant manager, property manager, regional, and beyond. Um, there are lots of positions in between. Um, such as leasing director, marketing director, and things of that nature. But lots of roles in between. But I'm very grassroots. I, I learned definitely on the job training. Back when I started in the industry, I've, I've been in the industry for about 28 years. And when I started, it was, you know, some training, some external training, but not a whole lot of, you know, formal training. Um, it was just mostly on the job. Uh, someone said, hey, go show the model. Here are the keys. Go have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really where it began. But, um, you know, I, I loved it. I, I started meeting people and, and I took off from there. Love it. Love it. And you had an incredible journey in the world of property management because you mm-hmm. have ultimately reached the senior VP, vice president level, especially, I right. think, being a black woman, African-American woman, I think that that's amazing to be able to do that, to be able to sit Mm -hmm. in that C-suite. So could you Mm -hmm. share with us one pivotal moment moment that shaped your career trajectory? Wow, thank you so much for asking that question. That's a very important thing um, to put out there, especially for uh, black and brown women. You know what, there was a time when I, I recall raising my hand for a role that I felt very qualified for because after all, I'm very grassroots, right? Mm-hmm. So I raised my hand for this role and I was in, I was told indirectly that I wasn't the right fit. And this was where things changed for me. I believe the words that were used were, um, I was too rough around the edges I was, or I was too ghetto. And my, uh, my brown sisters, you can, you can relate to this, right? Yep. But um, they said that I wouldn't be a good, I wouldn't be a good face for the company. And, um, you know, I, I was, the perception of me hurt me so deeply and it really shook my confidence. By the time that comment was made, um, I'd already been in the industry for about eight years or so, um, but I left that side of the business for a year. My confidence was so shaken that I just said, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe I am too rough around the edges. My confidence was in the toilet. Um, but I thought about it long and hard, and I took the whole year. I, I went to work uh, for um, an apartment magazine, and it was really interesting. But when I returned, I came back, and, and man, the pressure was on. I came back with a vengeance after a year. Uh, I came back with a lot to prove. So for me, self-improvement and professional development became a mission of some sort, right? Um after that, I was determined to have a seat at the table of any organization that welcomed my skill and knowledge, and not just based on the rough around the edges, you know, the bamboo earrings at least two pair. <laughs> 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 you know, nothing like that. But um, I, I needed it to be based on what I knew. And um, that's where my love of professional development and training and all things education, if you will, that's where it took off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you also have your own professional development 
business. You also are a speaker. You are an instructor. So like, (laughs) y'all, Tony is like right now being very humble (laughs) because she is the big, big boss. Okay. She does it all. She wears many hats. Okay. (laughs) So I mean, tell us also about that. Tell us about, you know, you being a speaker, instructor, and having your own business, your own company. Absolutely. You know, it, it's it's very interesting, uh, Dana, you said, oh, Tony's a boss. Little A little known fact about me is that I hate that word. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, because I think that we're all um, a boss in our own right. But um, being a transformational speaker, I will definitely say the thing that really pushed me and motivated me towards, towards that um, arm of my career, if you will, is that I'm actually inspired by a combination of personal experiences, my own values, and honestly, Amanda, it's a genuine desire to contribute in a positive way to the lives of others, right? So I've, I cannot begin to tell you that I've undergone a lot of significant personal transformations in my own life, my personal life. Um, starting off as a single mother and then becoming a wife later and then, you know, raising a family and, you know, balancing being a wife or mother. You also are wearing four or five other hats and unwillingly at times, right? But um, <laughs> throughout it, throughout everything, I've experienced profound changes. Um, I've overcome lots of challenges in my personal and my professional life. And I achieved a growth that I honestly hope will inspire someone else to do the same for other people around them. I, I, I live with the philosophy of, I just want to leave people better than how we met. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what really, you know, was yeah. the catalyst, if you will, for, for the transformation. Yeah. And so would you say that that is what inspired you to use your platform to be able Absolutely. to drive positive change? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's it's like, it's funny, but after every session, whether it be a class or whether it be a small 45-minute keynote, someone coming up to me saying, Tony, there was something that you said that resonated with me. And w- whether they could cite what I say, recite what I said verbatim, or it was just the feeling that I left them with, that's a lottery ticket for me. That was the winning lottery ticket. It was like getting a scratch off. Like, oh my yeah. God, I Right. So it, that, that, that's the feeling for me. So anytime that happens, I feel like I'm that much richer. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. So now your work as an instructor is inspiring many aspiring professionals, right? What mm-hmm. advice would you give to someone who's looking to break into the property management industry today? Oh, great question. You know, I would say choose this career don't let it choose you. Don't mm-hmm. let it choose you. When you choose to do this, I, I really I feel very strongly that you take control of your own successes. You actually own your own your, your failures. You're yeah. going to look at those failures. You're going to say, you know what? I chose to do this, so now I can course correct. Mm-hmm. That's where you find your hidden passion. It mm-hmm. wasn't until I chose to come back. And I chose to continue on this journey and I chose to continue this career. I started owning my failures. I started owning and, and being a master of my successes. I put myself in, in the path of learning and development, right? 
but because before, if you recall, I said that I fell into this like most of us do. But it's not until you choose this career. You can choose it from wherever you are. You could have been doing this for 20 years and you can choose it today. Exactly. So I would say to someone who's just starting out, choose the career. Just don't let it choose you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you, I think you have a class that where you say, let's make property management sexy again, right? That's something that you have? <laughs> yes, 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 I, yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that because... You know, property management is not for the week, though. It's really not. Oh, my it's God. Not, not at all. Not at not all. At and so, you know, uh, I think people have a perspective of property management. And mm -hmm. um, once they're in the shoes of being a leasing consultant or whatever the role may be, that's when they really mm -hmm. start to see, oh, wow, it, it's a lot more than they what do. they thought it was. And you're dealing yeah. with a lot. You're dealing with senior leadership, right? Owners, yes. uh, you're dealing with, there's these deadlines and there's goals you got to meet and so many things that are going on. You're dealing with the residents, they're upset. They're even cussing at you and yelling <laughs> at you and you kind of just sit there and just look cute, right? And, but um, it's not easy. And so I think that no, a lot of people think that people that work in the industry, especially on site, that they're just chilling and not doing anything. Oh but that gosh. is the opposite of the truth. Yeah. <laughs> my mm -hmm. family thought that's all that I did for a very long time. Yeah, right. And so I, 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 they, they thought, oh, you just go to work and sit behind a, a desk. You know, and right. it, took, it, it took years for me to be able to, to even describe what right. I did for a living for people. You know, my dad right. thought that I sold apartments. Um, I'm like, mm -hmm. no. Um, so you know, I thought, I'm a real estate practitioner. That's exactly what I do. There that is go. what I do. I came up with some sexy name for it, right? <laughs> it doesn't sound too bad like that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Not at all. Now, you are also a facilitator for national associations. Mm -hmm. what, what do you find the most rewarding about mentoring others within the industry? Sure. It's, it's um, you know, I... I said, like I said before, my my love of professional development happened through what I like to call my own personal career tragedy, right? So when I see someone who has this fire, this desire, and it's in their eyes that they that they want to be educated, they want to learn. Sometimes it's not even only to get to the next role. Sometimes it's just that they just want to grow currently where they are in the seat that they're in, right? So um, for me, I I took off from there back in 2013 when I became an instructor with the Institute of Real Estate Management. And uh, my very first course was uh, ethics. That was the very first course that I took. And I, I took it completely to heart because I had a lot of personal experiences, a lot of testimony around, um, you know, working in an ethical way, I would say, mm -hmm. right? But um, from there, when I would see someone pass a test, uh, earn their designation, or have what I like to call an aha moment in the class, Mm -hmm. That's my that was my lottery ticket. That was my scratch off. That was my mega million right there. Yeah. So I actually gush when I I see someone who sees me as an inspiration because I'm I'm so humbled by it, Nada. Because what people don't know is that they are inspiring me. They're they're actually what's keeping me going. When I speak with someone like you, and I spoke speak to a lot of other colleagues in the industry, you guys inspire me. And I'm, I'm humbled when someone says that I inspire them. Yes. But um, 
Yeah, associations like um, the National Apartment Association and IRAM giving me that platform. I am very humbled. I'm very grateful. And um, I'm just honored. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that. And, you know, like I said, it goes back. Like, you inspire me. So, you know, we're just, we're just going to go back and forth with the compliments, okay? Right. <laughs> all night, all night. Exactly. So aside from being a facilitator and a speaker, you've also held board roles within these associations, uh-huh. right? Yes. How, how does one get into these roles and what made you want to serve? on the board, oh, because that's, that's, that's different. You're, you're leading, you're helping lead the association. Yeah. So t- tell us about that. Yeah. You know, um, with, in, in all transparency, my, my first love of, of wanting to be in any sort of role in volunteerism, if you will, um, was I wanted to develop my leadership skills. And that was why I got involved. And I, you know, someone uh, I connected with a really strong mentor back then at that time, who said, you know, you can further develop as a leader by getting involved in our local associations. And um, my very, very first association that I got involved with was Property Management Association, PMA. Um, After that, I was introduced to IRAM, and I've never held um, a board or any positions with uh, National Apartment Association, with the exception of being an instructor. But IRAM is where, IRAM and PMA are two associations. IRAM is an institute, but PMA is an association where I really grassroots, dug my heels in with volunteerism. And volunteerism can be hard. Um, and, and what makes it hard for some people, if you can't get out of your own way and understand that it is more about the purpose than anything, it's not going to work for you. So you have to serve with a purpose that's bigger than yourself. Um, I personally wanted to serve a community of underrepresented professionals in the industry. Uh, if I could be someone's beacon of light, if you could use me as the lighthouse, then use me as, as the lighthouse. But I saw that as a way of um, having a seat, having a voice at, at a table that I wasn't, that I was actually welcomed um, because I was pretty amongst, amongst like, like-minded people outside of the companies that I was working for at the time. Um, but, you know, volunteerism, volunteerism is not also for the weak at heart. You have to be very mindful of that. You have to be very generous Mm -hmm. with your time and your resources and your ideas. Um, But it is so, so very rewarding. Very rewarding. Definitely, definitely. Because when you're volunteering, you are volunteering your time, right? And yeah. you're not getting money for it, which a lot of times it's you know, we're thinking, <laughs> I want to, right, right. You're thinking, you know, I want to work, I want to get paid for whatever I yeah. do, but volunteering yeah. is just a whole nother level. And I think that when you volunteer, that means that you're selfless and you want yeah. to help people and you're doing it mm-hmm. to help people. I think eventually that's really what it all is, is that you want to help because um, it, it, it really takes, I think, a very strong-minded person to be able to want mm-hmm. to volunteer their time and Absolutely. share their knowledge, their expertise, you know, and, and, or whatever, and help however, in however, whichever way, I think it's, mm-hmm. it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, your purpose definitely has to be, um, you know, one of you know, commitment and, and, and dedication to making anything mm-hmm. in the real estate industry uh, better. Right, you know, that right. that definitely has to be a bigger purpose for you. Right, right. 
Now, you also have your own professional development company. Shout out to KAT <laughs> Professional Development <laughs> Services, right? Yes, you know what that is. Oh, yes, ma'am. Oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and that's a that's a huge accomplishment. Okay. And tell us about what motivated what motivated you to take this leap. And yeah. what do you hope to achieve with your company? Absolutely. What really motivated me, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, the first thing, you know, someone at, at, at my church asked that question. And the first thing that I said is, you know, I've been told no way too many times and I was just tired of hearing no. Um, this is everything that I've, that I'm doing with KT um, is actually, has been my mission for over 15 years to do with property management, right? I envision KT to be more of an extension of an organization's professional development division um, without the financial burden of payroll, for instance, right? So there are lots of um, companies, lots of firms out there that are small enough where they can't quite afford a huge training and professional and development company. Um, and that's where I step in. Not only is it uh, very beneficial, the value that I feel very strongly that I can bring to investors, to firms who are, you know, just looking to, to drive value for investors. I, you know, I, I share it with someone when I walk into the room, the value goes up, right? Yep. <laughs> That's in everything, every, yep. everything that we do because we drive value. But um, what makes it, what makes KAT so effective in training and, and in the professional development is that I am still an operator. I'm still running a property management division. So I'm still very relevant in what's happening today, technology, industry trends. And I, and I take on a very strategic approach to operations. So KAT is, is, is a platform of which I can share all of it. Um, and it's, it's my passion. So I just took an opportunity to take my passion and fuel it. Nice. And how long have you been in business? Uh, KAT has been in business since 2016. Hey, there you go. Hey. And what does KAT stand for? KAT is actually interesting play on uh, letters there. Um, KAT is actually my daughter's initials, Kiera, Alea, and Tyler. Those are my three daughters. And um, KAT proudly, proudly I'm boasting that KAT is 94 courses. I have 94 courses in my arsenal today. And I focus mostly on um, soft skills because I really feel like there is a need we can teach, uh, tech, you know, the, the tactical things. We can teach that at our firms all day. I, I don't teach on how to how to enter rents into Yardy. I don't teach on those things, right? But I teach on what's going to give, what's sustainable, what's going to keep your seat at the table once you get it. Those communication skills, um, learning to build trust and resilience development and things of that nature. So that's what I focus mostly on. That's my and niche. 94. That is 94 a lot. Oh my gosh. 94. That when I think about that, it's like that's all the years, right? Of your yes. experience, yes. of knowledge that you that yes. you've gained throughout your journey. Um, things yes. and of course, things are always changing, developing mm -hmm. as time goes by. So you got to keep up with the times too. But you know, I just think about all that. I'm like, dang, oh, you're at almost a hundred. <laughs> just on you alone okay like yeah. you don't have like a, a huge national company per se not yet no. 
Not yet. Not yet. Well, not yet. Well, but I mean, it's just to have that yeah. number to me is just significant because just for you being that one person, right, to be able to do yeah. that, Absolutely. it's like, wow, that's a lot. So Absolutely. I've definitely built a catalog, a catalog of courses that are that are very valuable to, you know, whether you are a first year, you know, industry professional or you've been doing this for 20 years and just need a refreshment, you know, in any a refresher in anything. So I I like to take uh, when someone throws an idea, hey, Tony, do you have a class for that? I don't, but I can create because I love creating the content as well. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes, Nadia, you just got to be your own badass. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, I know. I know. I know. what it is, right? <laughs> now, what if, like, I'm just thinking, what if a person says, oh, you know what? Or maybe let's say that a company hasn't hired you yet to yeah. service them, right? And to help them in regards to their uh, team's development there. What mm-hmm. if a person says, well, I still want to take your classes, Tony. Can I still, is, you know, do you offer classes outside of that setting or is it only like through the companies? No, absolutely outside of the setting. As a matter of fact, there are two young ladies who I started off mentoring them. They actually work for very well-known um, firms in our area, in the DMV area. And I started off mentoring them and they, I actually created leadership tracks for, for both of them. And a leadership track consists of about five courses. And uh, one young lady actually extended hers to like six. So she, there was another course she was interested in. They pay for it out of pocket. And now I'm very happy for one, one young lady. She got her promotion and she was so excited. But, you know, she, I, I said, hey, don't forget to write that testimony. So she's going to yes. get around to it. But yes, I absolutely do that. I love one-on-one. I do tutoring also. Um, quite a few uh, CAM, Certified Apartment Manager candidates, have come to me and they struggle with passing the test, the exam the first time. They've come to me and, and I've done some tutoring in that area and they were very they were successful second time around. So that's good. So there, it, it doesn't have to be in the setting of your company. Absolutely outside one-on-one and you know, we can just customize it and, and do what we want. Nice, nice. For lack of a better way. Right. <laughs> Okay, good, good. Because I think, you know, people also want to know that because, you know, a company may not have hired you yet. And they're like, Oh, I know Tony's the bomb. I want to learn from her. And, you know, how can I do it? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they they definitely don't have to wait um, to have anything formal put together with their companies outside Mm -hmm. of their companies. Absolutely. Cool. Now, being a multifamily executive leader, it requires mm-hmm. exceptional leadership skills. Could you tell us about a specific challenge you faced as a leader and how you navigated through it? Yes. Wow. The challenges that I faced. Let me. I, I, I have one that definitely does come to mind, and I'm I'm proud to say that I am beyond the challenge, so I can talk about it now. But when I was going through it, it was a little, it was a bit of a struggle for me. Um, while there are lots of challenges, this is this is one that stands out for me. I I never I, I used to struggle with my ability to read the room. I, I struggled with that for years, right? I, I would always look for me and other people. And it wasn't until um, about five years ago where this started changing. I turned the corner with this. Not everyone is meant to go where you want them to go. And 
you have to want people, you can't want more for people than they want for themselves. And I struggled in that area. And I was like, why aren't you getting this? Why aren't you learning this? And um, it, may, it wasn't the best approach, but I have to tell you that I'm a much better listener now than I was five years ago. And it feels amazing. Now I'm hearing things I don't want to hear. So <laughs> right. Right. I have a hearing aid in and my hearing is this. And I'm listening in a different way. I'm listening with all of all, all of my senses here. And um, but I, I struggled. My challenge as a leader was I I really didn't do a good job at reading the and I do a much better job. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. That's definitely yeah. good to know. And the fact that you were able to recognize that, I think, oh that's yes, also huge as a leader, especially that is huge. So yeah, yeah there's still some leaders that they need to work on that now. <laughs> like I, I, I can yeah, yeah. you now that I'm thinking like, oh yeah, you need to learn how to just <laughs> be accountable for yourself and some things be that you do, you know. So yeah, the um the other thing that that resonated with me, um, really, I'm going to say this is over the last 10 years or so, is really focusing on my EQ levels. Um, you know, having a good, strong um, balance and having high emotional intelligence and being able to monitor, you know, your feelings when you see somebody else going off of you. So a lot of self-regulation. Um, I have a very high EQ. So I would say that that is something, if I had to say anything, about me exceptional today as a leader, it would be that I have a high EQ. Nice. I would point to that. Nice. So super important to have. Definitely super important to have, especially as a leader. Super important to have. Yes. Now, diversity and representation and in leadership are crucial topics in today's corporate Mm -hmm. world. Um, I know that very well because I always want to talk about DEI and you know, I'm a mm-hmm. little brown girl in this corporate world. And so <laughs> I definitely share some of, you know, your your experiences. I can share some of them yeah. as well, because I, in my journey as well, I've gone through that. And so mm-hmm. it has always been very important to, you know, I'm a Latina, I speak Spanish. So in property management mm-hmm. on the service team, like a lot of times you'll have the Spanish speaking uh, team members who maybe they're the the custodial techs, the grounds person, maybe even the service techs. Yeah. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. a lot of times they may be forgotten the service team and I always try to speak up for them or do any sort of like translations or anything to really just mm-hmm. include them because I think about my parents who were immigrants. Yes. They didn't speak the language and English was their second language. So I just put my parents, you know, whenever I see people who English is not their first language, it's Spanish, my parents. So I do things that help me to motivate me to include, you know, my people, speak up for my people and all of that. Now for you, how do Mm -hmm. you think your experiences as a black woman have shaped Mm -hmm. your leadership style and impacted your journey? Um, I I love this question because one of the things that I find wholeheartedly to be true is that, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion is not going anywhere and it's good for business. So you have to be comfortable enough to have the conversation. Um, all of our experiences are different. We've all walked to different paths and, and things of that nature. But I will tell you that my experiences have been real. My experiences have, have given me, have taught me resilience. And that's the one thing that I would say I've walked away with is that I'm very, very resilient. 
Um, whether it be, hey, listen, this little brown girl grew up in the inner city, East Baltimore, um, you know, from a, a two parents who worked very hard every day, who couldn't afford the best of everything, but they gave us the best of everything, if that makes sense. So I took a lot of that humility. I took a lot of um, the gratitude with me into my career, and I took nothing for granted. Every role that I've ever been in was earned. It was not, hey, I'm just going to pass Tony that role because of who she knows. I look back at my career later and honestly, I did the work. Mm -hmm. So the experiences that I've carried with me gave me the resilience um, that I know that you need as a leader. So when I've asked for seats, yeah, I have physically asked, actually asked for seats at a table. Um, is there a seat at the table for me? A couple of times I was actually told no. And I decided, well, damn it, I'm bringing my own table. How about right. that? I'll right. put the table, I'll, I'll make the table. <laughs> and yep. If I let you eat at my table, you can eat at my table. I don't care. Exactly. I say, I say all of that, that I don't have to walk around and proclaim, hey, I'm a Black woman. That's very obvious. You mm -hmm. see that I'm a Black woman, woman of color, and all of that. I, 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 I wear my experience as a badge of honor. I wear my resilience as a badge of honor, and all of that. And any door that I can leave open that I walk through is going to leave. It's going to. It's, I'm going to open it. Um, I'm not going to close the door behind me because there are so many more um, people who are like me who are not even like me who have the same similar challenges because we have different walks. But um, yes, I'm a black woman. There's no doubt about that. But everything that I feel like every success came from doing and not telling. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to walk in a room and tell you what I can do. I am going to show you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, from property management operations and education and education, that's what I do. But Tony is who I am. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Now, do you and, think that yeah. your experience in your career, especially as you've leveled up, do you think mm -hmm. you've had to work harder or do you think that yes. oh your God, experience, yes. your treatment or your experience in the corporate world has been fair? Um, no, I don't think it's been fair. I, I want to say that there are times when I thought that it was absolutely fair that I wasn't working as hard as I should have. And when I did not move the needle, the, the needle wasn't moved for me. But have I sat in the same seat as some colleagues who did not look like me where the door was open for them and moved for them? Yep, I've seen it all. Um, but it didn't stop me. Because remember, go back to um, what I mentioned a few moments ago, I chose this career. I came back and I chose it. So I could have left again and said, you know what, it's not fair. This is BS. I'm going to go choose another career. But I said, no, this is what I do. This is what I love. So I had to allow some things to um, not slide. I don't consider it sliding. I consider them as lessons. So for every unfair thing that I saw, I saw how not to treat people if I ever got in that seat. And that honestly built up character for me as a leader. And I'm still like that to this day. Um, I know how it felt when I wasn't given a fair shot. So I refused to give to, to do that to someone else. And that's pretty much, you know, that's that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And like I said, I can relate to some of your experiences too, because I've been told no mm -hmm. in my career too. You know, I yeah. think I'm ready for the next step, that promotion. And 
I don't get it. And I feel like I'm working harder than anyone else on my team. Yes. You know, no yeah. shit to them at all. But I'm just speaking for myself that I'm just like, I know that I can handle this, this role. And I know that I'm ready for it. I'm basically doing it. And why am I not getting the promotion? So Because it's fear. It's right. fear. Yeah. It's fear. Yep. And, yeah, and sometimes you just you're not moving because of someone else's fear. So the one thing that I also learned, and I'll leave you with this on that on that question, Nathan, the one thing that I had to stop doing is that I had to stop um, managing someone's um, their incompetencies. I had to stop managing, you know, how they were feeling. I'm there, you know, someone seeing me as intimidating. I've been yep. told that I'm intimidating, you know, but that's that was their own struggles. They're struggling with their their incompetencies and how inadequate they feel in their role. That had nothing to do with me. I can right. enter a room and if you, you're feeling incompetent, then those are your own struggles. You have to go and deal with that. Mm -hmm. So I had to stop taking the blame for that. And the moment that I stopped doing that, I started just feeling better about my leadership stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And listen, that's why I decided to quit my job and just build <laughs> people like you, because that's when I was like, oh, no, like, I'm going to take control of my own career, damn it. Like, I know it. that I can do you're this thing, and I'm doing it. Yeah, yep. so, you're doing it. Yeah. You know, so, it yeah. So, great, I'm sure, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Better than I expected. <laughs> I'm only month three in right now, and things yes. are just booming which i'm just like excited for everything and even next yeah. year i got things lined up for next year so you oh, know so. if i if i look back and i think did i make the right decision i say hell yes i did yes i yes. did same here the mm -hmm. same here Dude, when you start choosing your own path and you just start choosing the way that you want to spend your time you know not everybody i'm not giving everybody access to me anymore. yep and it used to be a, be, a, be a time when I was on all access. Mm -hmm. It's not like that anymore. Access to me comes with a price now. Yep. So and that's not Hello. ego. That, that, yes. That's all the blood, sweat, and tears that I put into my career. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. Talk that talk, Tony. Talk that talk. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I want to hear about a memorable speaking engagement that you've had. I know you've had many. Yeah. Like one thing about my girl Tony, like she'd be on that big stage, like doing her thing. What, <laughs> what made it stand out? And what key message did you convey to the audience? That if you you mentioned it earlier, but the one that jumped when I when I when I think about your question, that the, the one thing that stands out to me was the very first uh, keynote session that I created personally for KAT was um, making property management sexy again. This just resonated with me, and all that all that it all that it was meant to be um, just kind of just stuck with me for a while. My theme music didn't play, <laughs> and I had to pivot when I came out. It was I was supposed to come out to um, Justin Timberlake's um, "I'm Bringing Sexy Back," right? Okay. So that. So, but I had to pivot, but you know, I panicked a little while, but the audience didn't, didn't know that. Um, they caught the message. The message that I was sending was for today's uh, executives, our C-suite executives to pay very close attention to what today's talent is looking for in their property management career. Too often we get stuck in, 
well, this is the way that we're doing it here at this organization. And so, and we're not tapping into these different generations, especially Gen X. That generation scares the hell out of me. Right? <laughs> right. So <laughs> it's like, what is going on there? But um, what stood out uh, for me with this was the title for obvious reasons. Everybody's like, so curious. What do you mean, make it sexy? Because if you think about something that's sexy, it's, it's attractive and mm-hmm. Everybody want to know what's happening with that. Mm-hmm. What's happening with that, right? So, you know, I was very proud of myself when I had so many come up to me after this session and say, you know what, it made perfect sense because if we start thinking about what today's talent is looking for, instead of just sticking to what's always worked, we got to do things that are not that are non-traditional. We have to stop looking at okay, it's status quo. Well, challenge status quo. I don't believe in thinking and when someone says, hey, think outside of the box. How dare you put me in a box? There are no boxes. Mm-hmm. Why do we have to have a box? So I, I, I really like the approach. I, I like when companies take on the approach of um, creativity is welcomed at all levels and that they don't stifle creativity. And that's where it's sexy. That is what today's talent is looking for. And that is the one yeah, that's the one session that stood out for me the most, despite my music not playing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was very successful, I think. I love it. I love it. And listen, I always remember that because when you first mentioned that, I was like, make property management sexy again. I was like, what? Like, that is genius. Genius. Okay. Like, nobody else says that in the industry, but Tony. No. <laughs> I think I'll post that on LinkedIn again. It sounds like a good idea. (laughs) You got to trademark that, you know, make a product sexy again. You got to trademark it. (laughs) (laughs) So you are a busy, busy woman. You're balancing a successful career and a personal Mm -hmm. life. So, which can be challenging, right? Just trying to balance. Oh yeah. And there are sometimes not enough hours in the day, I'm sure. And, and I can keep up with Tony because Tony is like on a plane. She's here. She's there. She's yeah. in Canada. She's in Atlanta. She's in. I'm like, mm-hmm. where is Tony today? Like, it's like <laughs> it's like Carmen San Diego. You know, we're just like, where right, is right. San Diego? Where is Tony Harris? <laughs> yeah. So, can you tell me how do you prioritize self care? Right, because you got to take care of you and maintaining yes. a healthy work life balance. Absolutely. I have to have those committee meetings with myself in my head, first of all, (laughs) and recognize (laughs) when it's time to disconnect. So my self-care is actually filled with some some pretty unique rituals. Um, You just mentioned, where is Tony? Well, uh, what a lot of people don't know, and you won't know after listening to this, is that that's one of my self-care, is that um, I have a love of travel. If I can combine travel with work, and some other things that I like, it's a winner for me. That's self-care for me. Um, I love to travel. I'm a foodie. I am definitely a foodie because I love to cook. Um, I love fashion. Shocker. (laughs) 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 And I absolutely love history. Um, So I make it a priority to disconnect also for like a full 24 hours, 24 hours once a week, right? Disconnect means no social media. I'm not talking. I'm not texting. I am definitely just talk, chatting and having that committee meeting with myself. That is my self-check-in. Um, it could be involved me planning for my next trip or looking for a new restaurant or a menu or seeing somebody cook something on TikTok. 
It could be anything. But if it do, if it involves exactly what I love to do, that's my self-care. And I believe that we need disconnect moments. We have to check in with who we are. Our mental health um, has been under attack ever since COVID, ever since the pandemic. People aren't the same. Depression is on the rise. Um, anxiety is at an all-time high and things of that nature. We are in a very high-stress industry. We're in a very, it's a very high-stress career. With, un- with that as an understanding, the disconnect must happen. Other than that, I have to be 100% for Tony because Tony is not going to be able to be 100% for you if she's not. So, mm-hmm. But my biggest enjoyment comes from the love that I receive from my family. If it was not for my family, they, their support is what afforded these opportunities to me. I mean, yeah. as much as I stayed gone yeah. for work, I could have come home and the locks were changed, but they, but they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> You still got the keys to the house. Well, I still got the keys. Somebody let me in, right? Right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like the I like the week the the uh the twenty four hour disconnect rituals. I gotta try that. You know, I I try cool. to disconnect, but then I'm like, oh, see, my mind just stays going. <laughs> so I'm like, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. You know, so I'm constantly yeah. doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I yeah. self-diagnosed myself with ADHD. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't been to a doctor yet, but I think I have the symptoms <laughs> of a person with right. ADHD. So I need to try that 24-hour break. I think that'll be good for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will. Yeah. yeah. Where's your favorite place to travel? Oh, my gosh. So uh, I go to the Caribbean a lot, but my favorite favorite place, I'm determined to buy a home there, is Barbados. I just, Ooh. I love Barbados. Um, but if it was in the States, I love San Diego. San Diego is my favorite vacation place as well. Um, but it's anywhere, anywhere where there is rich history and good food. I'm here for it. I love it. <laughs> are, are you the type of person that wherever you travel, you have to like go sightseeing, go to a museum or, you know, visit a historical yeah. monument? Yes. Same. Yes. I do the same thing. I'm yes. always very yes. curious about that. Because to me, Absolutely. I just wonder, I'm like, what, like how and who, yeah. what and when, like yes. it's just so interesting to me. So interesting. It is. And before I go on, before I actually go on a trip, I'm always looking for a documentary on that location to tell me exactly, you know, some history, some yes. little known facts, something, yes. or then I'll go to the channel to see any restaurants I should visit. So yep. I'm a little bit of a geek with that. And I absolutely love to read. So there's there's like all of that relaxation and and Mm -hmm. just in one bowl. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I yes, same. I love to travel, eating and all that. Same. I'm with you on that. One hundred percent, (laughs) girl. So Tony, can you share with us uh, a sneak peek into any exciting upcoming projects or any initiatives that you're currently working on? Yeah. Yeah. So um, one initiative I am working on, well, there are two, um, one being getting in front of high schoolers. I really think that that is the generation I am mostly interested in, in conveying that whole making sex, property management sexy again to. I would love to um, have an opportunity to have a career day for graduating either maybe rising seniors um, or graduating seniors. Um, maybe they're in the first year of college. Maybe they're taking a gap year. But it's that generation who I'd like to uh, have classes for where they can develop soft skills. 
You know, I'm not bringing them together to teach them how to lease an apartment. But for the most part, if you even think about the communication skills of our young people, if they are just not good, you know, the written communication, the verbal communication. So I'm very interested in hosting a um, roundtable and a career day, if you will, for high school uh for, for high school students. The second thing I'm working on, I'm working with a power hitter, a superstar in the industry. I cannot tell you her name um, because it's super secret, but she is absolutely amazing. So we are collaborating on a project um, where we are intending to provide more of a platform for the underrepresented professional in our industry to have a have safe space, to have very candid conversations. And we're coming together to do something on a more frequent basis, but this one event that we are going to be launching in the spring is absolutely phenomenal. And you're, you should look to hear from some very well-known industry professionals because they have a lot to say, and I'm excited about it. Nice, nice. Good stuff. And, you know, when it comes to the high school students that you mentioned, I think that that's so important because yes, I, I, I have a 19-year-old and I have a 13-year-old and their level of communication is very, very different, you know, and <laughs> the way that they write and everything, it's so different. Yeah. I've heard that now they don't even teach kids how to write cursive in school. So they're they losing a lot of things that we learned in school because I, I still learn that, you know, I'm in my thirties, but I still learned how to write cursive and other things. Right. But, um, I think that's very, very important to, to teach. Those Absolutely. Kids. Yeah, absolutely. And you yourself, you you look at resumes. Mm -hmm. So even from, you know, teaching resume writing, oh, yeah. yep. these are things that I really think that our, our kids yep. should be learning in high school. They should be learning how to balance a checkbook. Mm -hmm. They are coming out um, relying on, these, on their smart devices for yep. everything. And yep. it's, it's a little scary. You have the rise of AI, ChatGBT, which is great and, and, and for what it can be used for. But um, we still need that brain power, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We need that. Yeah. Well, Tony, my last question to you is, how do you enjoy or live the life of luxury? So the podcast is called Live in La Vida, the luxury. <laughs> luxury means different things to different people, right? It could be money. Mm -hmm. It could be health. It could be anything. How does Tony Harris live the luxurious life? Laughter. That is my, that's my payoff. I have to have laughter in my life. I mean, whether it be a funny movie, whether it be had someone telling me something funny at work, to break up a day with laughter is luxury to me. Um, everything else is, is, kind of superficial um but laughter is real and you can always tell someone's sincereness with a good gut laugh right and um it, it's just contagious and it's good energy for me so that's luxury to me and um, you, you have a contagious laugh tony when you laugh oh my gosh it's like you you, you can't help yourself but to laugh along with you <laughs> honestly honestly <laughs> yes <laughs> love it laughter laughter I love that and I for me I love going to comedy shows so every once in a while you'll catch me at a comedy show because I'm just like I just want to laugh today 
I just want to forget about yeah. what else is going on. And I just want to laugh. I want to go to a comedy show. So I love going to stand-ups, even watching stand-ups on TV. I'll get in the mood mm -hmm. and that's exactly what I do too. Absolutely. And the one thing that I noticed, you know, when, when students come to any of my classes, they start off very tense. I use a lot of humor in my um it's my in my teaching style because I, I make things I keep things very relevant and I put the information in such a way where you can reach it and you can understand and retain it. So I, I use humor. I I love you know making fun of myself. I laugh at myself for all of my craziness and oh my God, I can't believe I'm so stupid I did that. But I believe that um laughter from the soul can mm -hmm. cure so many things. It reduces depression, anxiety. So sometimes when I am just like making, poking fun at something that maybe should be serious. My girlfriend told me one day, I will never sit next to you at a funeral again because we could not stop laughing when we went to our grandmother's funeral. And it was just because she was so sad. And I was like, oh my God, I found five million reasons to laugh. And um, it helped her. It helped her at a, at a very difficult time. So I, I believe it's very important. Yeah, very, very true. And I was going to say that too, that don't laugh during like a sad or tough moment because it'll just change your whole mood up that then you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm going through this thing over here and I'm sad or whatever about it, but now I'm over here laughing. Now it just kind of lightens me <laughs> right. up a little bit. Exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. So Tony, where can people find you? Where do you hang out online? Um, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn. Um, I have an Instagram page, Tony Loves Leasing. I've had the same email address for over 24 years. It's Tony Loves Leasing at gmail.com. Please check out my website is www.kt-consulting.com. Um, very active on LinkedIn. Don't find me on Facebook because that's for my mama and my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get rejected. That friend request will yes, be denied. Yes, 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 yes. But uh, Instagram and LinkedIn are where, oh, I definitely am on TikTok right now. I do post things about property management on TikTok and some leadership things. Um, it's Tony216 at TikTok. And um, there, there's that. Nice. nice. Awesome. Yeah. All right, girl. Well, thank you so much for hanging with thank me. Thank you. I loved our conversation. And hopefully I'll thank bring you back you. next year. And then you'll tell us about all the big things that you've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I enjoyed the company on the one hour drive home. Hey. So I appreciate you as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are friends are for, right? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs>you can also reach Candace directly at 
Thank you for listening to Live in La Vida de Luxury. I hope you got some gems from it. Add them to your stash and enjoy luxury with me. Let's connect and be friends on all socials. I've added links to connect and my blog within the details of this episode. Till next time.